the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. New week. It might be the gloomiest June gloom ever in Southern California. And uh, But I'll tell you what. I thought we should be inspired by something. The Oklahoma Sooners softball team, women's softball team, secured their third consecutive softball national championship last week. But uh, beyond their skills on the field, it was their testimonies in the off the field interviews afterward that were on ESPN. Some players were very vocal about their strategy in winning the World Series title, but they credited their faith in a a very significant way. Listen to this. So this is on ESPN. And I want to ask this and then I want to just ask or show you this. But then I want to ask, how do you keep your joy? Let's talk about joy. I mean, I got rained on this weekend uh, for an event I was at to maybe you did, too. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm getting teased about being grumpy about that, but I've grown up in Southern California. I've always lived here, and I've never seen this kind of a June before, so I'm going to whine about it. But I'm going to point us in the right direction, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How do you keep your joy? What's some examples of joy? 888-528-2557. I think this is the way to keep your joy, to focus on the Lord. This is the interview after the World Series championship. For the players, I know you talked about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious. It's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that could very easily set in? Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. And I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. I thought that was an amazing answer. The joy from the Lord. And she's not the only one. Grace Lyons, Jada Coleman, and Alyssa Brito, who are stars on the Oklahoma Sooners women's softball team championship, three years in a row they've won. And I guess they've won six in the last decade. So it's a dynasty in Oklahoma Sooners ladies softball. Do you watch ladies softball? You know, it's exciting sport. It's different, right, than than baseball. It's a whole different sport. You've, you know, I've played softball. I've played fast-pitch softball, and I've played fast-pitch baseball. It's different. There is some differences to it. I think it's great. I think it's really fun to watch, but what's exciting here is that attitude about joy that came across, and it wasn't just one person. It was one person after another announcing, you know, talking about how much joy they had. 
1000% agree with Grace Lyons. Um, I went through that my freshman year. I, I was so happy to win the call. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the college world series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled and I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world, if we do lose, yes, obviously we've worked our butts off to be here and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. I just thought, you know what, how often do does our mood, how often does our anxiety, how often do the things that we think about just get us down, get us, you know, in a funk, in whatever kind of gloomy mood that you're in? I don't get gloomy that often, actually. I was thinking about that this weekend because I went to San Diego over the weekend and it was raining. And we we went down there for a specific reason. My son was going to go to a camp. James was going to go to a camp. And, you know, we moved from San Diego a year ago. And this was a great opportunity for him to reconnect with some friends. And so we took the time to reconnect with some friends while we were down there and take care of some other things we needed to do. And so we made a bunch of plans. And we did not consider for a moment that it might rain. And it rained down there. And like not a heavy rain, but enough rain where it uh, it delayed a softball game that we were going to. Some friends' daughters all played in softball tournament in Escondido that was uh, actually called I think it was called the uh, super super sunny tournament or something like or the the feel the heat tournament or something. And it's cold and rainy. We didn't bring jackets. We didn't bring uh, just about anything you would do. And we brought our dog with no place to put him, and he's just getting wet and muddy and everything. And and it's dark out there. Does that affect you? Does it affect you, the, the cloud cover? Christy, my wife, is from Seattle. She grew up in Seattle. And it doesn't rain up there as much as I think people say. That's my theory, because whenever I'm up there, it's sunny and nice. But it, uh, she says, no, it actually does rain, and it's dark. It's more the darkness that's the issue. And she says, this year, especially this May and June, has felt like Seattle. She's like, I just need some sun. And... She says, I try not to let it affect me, but it does. I think the weather does affect people. It's just kind of dark and cold. It shouldn't be. And that's what it is. So I started thinking about this. And do we let things get us down? It can be as simple as the weather, something entirely uncontrollable like the weather. But it can also be the circumstances in our life that begin to, that we just dwell on. How do you get out of that funk? What do you do to have the joy of the Lord? How do you make sure? I like it that these these young athletes are talking about how, hey, you know what? If we lose, it's just a game, that we're not going to put so much pressure on this event, as important as it seems right now. It's just not really that important. How often do we do that in our life? Do you do that where we just you just put so much importance on something that you can't control or you can't do anything about? I think we do this a lot. What do you think? The number is 888-528-2557. How do you maintain the joy of the Lord in your life? 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at pastorscott at kkla.com because this is the Pastor Scott Show. It's how the email works out there. See, pastorscott at kkla.com. Um, you know, and the other thing about the, the weather out there is... What as a pastor, you know, I'd have to do all these weddings and people in Southern California do their weddings outside a lot. And I'd have the bride, you know, ask me, does it ever rain in June? What are the odds that it's going to rain? And I used to tell brides, 
the odds of it raining on your June wedding are about the same as you getting hit by a meteor. So uh, you got to look up because maybe uh, maybe something's coming down right now. I think this is important because more than just for our own well-being, part of joy is our Christian testimony. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And that means it's something that God wants to do in us, to give us joy. Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Joy is number two. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's one of my favorite passages, especially that end part there. Against such things there is no law. You can get pretty grumpy today about uh, the laws, about different things going on in politics, different things on the news. There's not a lot of joy when you watch the news right now, right? There's not a whole lot of things to get excited about. However you view some of the news stories right now, it's all sad, those kinds of things. But you know what? Our joy doesn't come from that. Our joy comes from the Lord, and it's something that is supernatural, the fruit of the Spirit. It's supernatural. That means the joy in your heart that you should have You might be saying, well, I don't have that joy. I wish I had the joy of these young women. Well, the joy that we're supposed to have comes with supernatural help. That's that's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, by the way, you're supposed to have all of it, not just one. It's not like gifts of the Spirit. You might be gifted in one way or the other, and that's fine. That's how God has gifted you. But the fruit of the Spirit, all of us are to develop every one of these, but we don't develop by ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit developing in us. If we're growing Christians— you're going to grow in these areas. And sometimes you think to yourself, well, I have a long way to go with that. And other times you, you, maybe you have that one down. You know, some people just are super faithful and faithfulness is an easy one for them, but other people, they really struggle with faith. And maybe joy is that for you. You know, we're living in a time when people are lonely, when the Surgeon General of the United States is worried about the loneliness of people. We're in in England, in the UK, they now have a ministry of loneliness in the government because they think it's such a crisis. And there's so many things that can take our joy if we let it. But we shouldn't do that. There is so much wonderfulness in taking joy, even when it's a gloomy day, whether it be actual clouds in the sky, or maybe there's a circumstance in our life that is just gloomy. And we want to have joy. How do you maintain the joy in your life? Have you thought about that? Is it something that you really think about? Share that with our audience. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, a, a scripture passage that I like on this too is Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Notice he puts those fruits of the Spirit in there. Um, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. He reemphasizes it. That's something we have to think about. You know, this is a time where when you look at the news today, there, I hesitate to call a lot of what we experience in our country persecution, because what Paul's talking about are people who are going to kill you. Okay, I don't think we've reached that point yet, but we're at a place where, you know, to be a Christian now is not the 
not as uplifted as it used to be in our culture. And you know what? That's fine. Jesus said it's going to be that way. It's not fine because you want people to know the Lord. I mean, it's not fine ultimately, but we should be, you know, we shouldn't be surprised by that. We should recognize that this is something that Jesus told us was going to happen. And the commands that we have in scriptures to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. It's so easy to curse those people that that don't like you for some reason, to curse the people who make you, uh, you know, feel bad about something or who who attack your faith or something. That's not what we should do. I heard somebody once give advice to somebody and, you know, her advice was, she said, um, she was asked, how did you deal with all the heartbreak? She'd gone through uh, some really bad divorce, uh, really bad divorce, a lot of terrible things. And it was it was mean and it was nasty and it was horrible. And her advice was, hold on to the hate. Like the way I get through it is I hold on to the hate. And I was in a room full of people who kind of just like at a party who overheard this person say that. <laughs> and it became a... Uh, you know, a kind of a joke with some of us, you know, who are around there. And, you know, anytime there, there was, you know, something going on, this was, I just don't know what to do. If somebody would say that, we'd say, hold on to the hate, kind of as a joke. That's the worst advice I've ever heard. And completely the opposite of what we should do. And the scriptures say, bless those who persecute you, you know, and, you know, serve those people, pray for those people, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, it continues, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This, these things are keys to joy. How do you have joy in your life? 888-528-2557. The joy of the Lord I'm talking about with all the things going on. How do you do it? 888-528-2557. Beatrice in San Gabriel, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I'm actually in your hometown, San Diego. Oh, well, how is it down there? Is it dark and gloomy and rainy? Are, are people depressed? It, it is very gray. I don't know. I don't know um, if people are depressed or not. I, I agree <laughs> with you. It, you know, it, the weather can affect a lot of people, but I am calling, as I told your screener, to give you the recipe for joy, to encourage your listeners for the recipe for joy, which you already know what it is, but... I don't feel it so much as maintaining, although that's a part of it, but you have to purposefully, you know, seek ye first. So you have to get up in the morning, make that appointment time with the Lord, have that awesome time with Him. Don't look at your phone, you know, until you have that time with the Lord and just linger with Him and I don't know. I did this this thing for the new year where um, I said, Lord, I'm making an appointment time with you. So I have, you know, my time that I have a my appointment time with him. And, um, you know, let's have a bad night and then there's grace. But um, for the most part, and I just love it. I just sit out on my balcony and I praise him, worship him. You know, I, I do the acts, adore, confess, thanks, mm-hmm. supplications, you know. And then, of course, you know, read his word and then journal and then my phone goes off automatically from 6.30 until um, like 9.30 or 10 sometimes because I'm not ready to face the world. I'm still with the Lord, even though, you know, my time, you know, my devotional time might be, you know, an hour and a half. I- I'm, I'm not ready to, you know. So you keep your phone like phone on Do Not Disturb or off until uh, uh-huh. 9 or 10 in the morning. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, the- and then and 
Oh, go ahead. They say that the phone is one of the reasons that it keeps us kind of um, sad and keeps us – and we're so addicted to it, but also it, yeah. it is a constant grab at our attention. Uh, exactly, exactly. And I'll turn it off when I'm having lunch. I was with a friend last night. It's like it, it, if I'm with somebody, I turn off my phone. It's like do not disturb. And, you know, it's sad because a lot of my friends will, you know, maybe even – pick up the phone and start talking when we're together i'm like i don't understand this i just don't get it we can i can be having a friend for lunch and they'll answer the phone and talk right (laughs) you know but it's 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 sad but anyway that's the way to get joy and then maintain it by just you know songs in your heart praising the lord i mean yeah and, and to me every day is a beautiful day i i don't care how great it is it really you know when you have the joy of the lord in your heart you know, nothing, I mean, yeah, things, you know, come your way, but sure. you just you give them to the Lord, and, yeah. and sure, I have my days, but uh, that is how. I think it's it's great advice joy. to set that appointment with the Lord every day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's hard for people to do that, because it's, it's a scheduling thing, right? But it mm-hmm. it changes your outlook on everything. Oh, yeah, Beatrice, thank you for, different. thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show, and uh, oh, well. yeah. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Beatrice put it this way. She called it a recipe for joy. How do you maintain the joy of the Lord? How do you do that when there might be so many things that cause you so much trouble? And and some people are great at it. You know, Beatrice said that she started, you know, she made an, you know, an appointment this year. You don't have to wait. I don't know if it was a New Year's resolution or something, but you don't have to wait till New Year's to make a resolution. You can do it now. And the thing is about it is that when bad things come your way or difficulties come your way, if you're already in the habit of spending the time with the Lord, you're going you're gonna to navigate those things better. And you're going to go through the struggle better. You're going to know your Savior better. These things matter a lot. We were reading through uh, the book of Romans in chapter 12 where he addresses this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. See, those are all actions, by the way. You know, some of it is not as tangible. Be joyful in hope. How do you do that? Well, patient in affliction. You know, you don't know when it's going to, when when you're in a bad situation, how long it's going to last. But it, it'll it'll end eventually. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, one of the best ways to get out of, you know, some kind of a moment where you're just sort of down, not having joy, is to go serve people. You can go down to a homeless shelter. You can do it at your church. Just get involved somewhere. Practice hospitality. That means invite people over. You might have to clean the house. You might have to make things, you know, more hospitable. But it really does a lot to actually do that for your own joy. You should, you should do it to, to serve other people. Right, that should be the motivation, but you shouldn't be surprised to find out that you're blessed because of it. Right, that you get some when you practice hospitality, when you open up your doors to people in need, when you actually invite people to your house and you make a meal and or you take them out to dinner and you pay for it. Which I've always found to be, you know, a really good thing. As a pastor, something I got this from John Maxwell or somebody when I first started as a pastor, he said and he was still much closer to being a pastor than he's a leadership guru now and he's great at it and he still loves the Lord and his 
his leadership stuff is excellent. And it's because he gets it from the scripture and he'll tell you that. But one of the best pieces of advice that he gave, and I took this early in my life, was, you know, as a pastor, sometimes people feel like they need to pay for your meal and they feel somehow obligated to do that. I always made sure to pay for it if I could. Sometimes people demand that they pay for it. You know, you have a little argument about it. It's all right. But I'll tell you what, one time I did that and a guy broke down and he said, you know what, it, I wouldn't have expected you, he kind of had you know, his feelings about people, to, to do that. And I found that to be, whenever I pay, and it's not just as a pastor, I do it now, whenever I offer to pay, uh, and then I do, or, or sometimes people say, no, don't worry about it, whatever it is, but when you offer, you're practicing hospitality and it's a simple thing, but it's a way of service. And not everybody can afford that. But if you can do that, um, even if it's kind of tight, you know what? It's a good thing. It is a good thing to practice that hospitality. What's your recipe for joy? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Chassie in San Fernando. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Is it Chassie? Do I have it right? Yeah, it's Kathy. Oh, Oh, Kathy. All right. Go ahead, Kathy. Hi, I would just wanted to share that um, it kind of made me laugh because I was thinking about when you're talking about the gloomy days. That, yeah. Um, it's been very gloomy in San Fernando every morning. I look out and um, I have a friend that we pray, you know, we pray together every morning. And, you know, one day I woke up and I looked out. I was like, God, this day is so ugly. And then I felt like the Lord whispered and said, you know, I'm your sunshine on a gloomy day. And it made me laugh. So I I began to share with different people that, and I would sing that song. You know, he's my sunshine, like my girl. Oh, yeah. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. Yes. Yes. With my God. Yeah, yeah. So it made me laugh. Yeah. And it made people laugh. You know, that right there is a simple simple example of joy in the Lord, something that just makes you laugh and takes whatever the gloomy thing is. You know, sometimes it's just the weather... And we are spoiled in Southern California, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, there are places where they don't see the sun most of the year, right? They don't even know what it is. Um, yeah. And then we'll complain. You know, next month we'll complain that it's too hot, probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a very right. a very simple way to do that. Thanks for sharing that with us, uh, Kathy. You're welcome. All right. Have a blessed day. Hey, you too. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. What's your recipe for joy? How do you, uh, how do you keep the joy going uh, when whatever the circumstances are? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I see your call, Donna, and others as the, uh, we'll get to your calls after the break here as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Pastor Scott Show. We're talking about joy and what's your recipe for joy. You know, such gloomy times here in Southern California, uh, maybe figuratively and and literally when you look out the window. But, uh, you know, it's just a reminder that we need to have joy. Joy, C.S. Lewis once said, is independent of our circumstances. Christian joy is. And here's here's the reason why. And this is, this is important because when you look out and you see so much anger 
and we're witnessing all kinds of things and people kind of going at each other from different sides of debates and you know this person's a hater or that person's a hater and sometimes people just disagree but today you know if you disagree you're a bad person and we have you know expectations of violence or other things christians shouldn't be a part of that in the sense of they should not be the the ones without joy and that's what i see when i look at so many people who are with so deep in despair. And sometimes it's a Christian person. You know, here's the thing about our faith, and it's different from every other religion in the world and different from every other philosophy in the world. Every other religion and philosophy says that if you live the way you ought to live, God will accept you or the universe will accept you or other people will accept you or whatever it is. You know, whatever your ideology is, that will accept you if you live as you ought to live. But Christianity says you receive God's acceptance and blessing as a gift of faith in Jesus because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. And then you live like you should live after that. See, it's a total reversal. And the key to joy is right there. The key to joy. And this is the thing. If you're listening and you're not a believer and you're just – you have so much pent up of anxiety or spiritual angst or anger, you know, whatever it is. Let me tell you something. You might be rejecting Christ, but you should ask yourself, am I rejecting Christ or am I rejecting, uh, you know, some uh, religious experience that I had that wouldn't be Christ-like anyway? And refocus on Christ. You know, the, the place for your joy is Jesus Christ. That is where this comes from. And people who have figured this out, people who figure out that they are justified by faith, they are at peace with God. They know that they're accepted by God, and that's the real mark of a Christian life, and joy comes with it. What's your recipe for joy? 888-528-2557. Donna in Orange, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hi. Good afternoon, Pastor Scott. Hi, Donna. Um, Thank you. Um, My recipe is to be thankful with joy. To be thankful with joy. Yeah. Yes, because uh, God has preserved my life uh, for this time. He has healed me of a bad heart, uh, has brought me through two cancer diagnoses, and uh, has healed me from rheumatoid arthritis. And he did that uh, during Passover week, uh, the arthritis. He took that away. And I am forever grateful and thankful. And uh, he's brought a good man into my life. So I have great joy. So you've got some things going on. Can, can I ask you this question? What if those things hadn't happened? Uh, would that affect your joy or would you still have it? What if you still had the arthritis as most people are going to have and you, you didn't have this relationship? You know, do those things, are those the reasons that you have joy or would you have joy anyway in the Lord? Well, my relationship has changed over the years with him. With the Lord, I've drawn you mean? Closer, yes, with yeah. the Lord. I've drawn closer to him. And uh, I know that he is the source of my joy. Yeah. And these things that he has done for me has been uh, mainly through his mercy and love. And... Uh, I receive it with great joy. Yeah. Well, and you said thankfulness before, which is uh, definitely part yes. of 
being a joyful person. Thank you, Donna, for calling the Pastor Scott Show. She talks about you know gratitude. You know, one of the reasons that you have joy with gratitude is because it's a uh, joy when you when you thank somebody. It's the completion of a transaction in a sense. You know, when my kids were little, we used to go to the Costco, and for little kids, you know, go through the security thing at the end where they check your card or they pretend to. Uh, sometimes they do. Sometimes I'm like there for ten minutes where they're counting everything in my cart and laughing at me because I'm buying all that hummus because of the sample lady or something. But um, they, for kids, they'll draw a little happy face on the back of the receipt. And every Costco I've ever been to with my kids, they do this. They draw a little happy face. And when my kids were little, you know, I'd make sure they say thank you because that kind of completes that transaction. It's rude to not say thank you. Now, my kids are 14 and 11 now, James and John, and whenever they're going through, uh, I still ask for the happy face for them, and it embarrasses them. It's harder for them to say thank you now. But uh, I say thank you to the Costco employee for doing that because it (laughs) makes my joy complete to uh, tease my sons. Um, Gratitude is something that when you thank people, when you send a note, when you thank God, when you take that moment to acknowledge that somebody else did something for you, it completes the transaction. Thank you, and it matters. If you don't say thank you, the thing is, is that you you might be you might have gratitude in your heart, and that might be for real. But when you don't say it, when you don't express it, then you haven't completed the transaction, and that other person might think that you're not a person of gratitude. They they might be wrong because in your heart you might be there, but you owe them that. That's why we say uh, I owe you a debt of thanks. It's because it's part of the transaction, part of the reason we praise God and we thank God for what he's done for us is it's a transaction. Jesus died for us. We thank God for that. And, uh, you know, if you are struggling with joy, that's a really good one. Be thankful. Who do you need to say thank you to? Who do you need to write a note to? Maybe there's somebody who just needs to know that you even got the gift or you even uh, can acknowledge that they did something for you. It matters. Uh, send out your thank you notes. How do you have joy? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The uh, Oklahoma ladies softball team won their world championship third year in a row, Oklahoma State, the Oklahoma Sooners. And something that's gone viral on the internet is the young women who were interviewed afterward, every one of them gave their testimony. And uh, it's amazing. This is Oklahoma Sooner Alyssa Brito talking about the championship win. Yeah, um, I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up. And you guys see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where, like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think once we figured that out and that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that, um, it's really changed so much for us. And I mean, I know myself, I, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with um, once I turned to Jesus and I realized how he had changed my outlook on life, not just softball, but understanding how much I have to live for, and that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, 
where this isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it is we have so much more. We have an eternity of joy with our Father, and I'm so excited about that. And, yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home. And um, no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me in the end um, when we're with our our King. I think that's amazing that she was able to say all of that in an interview on ESPN and some great things she said there that are part of the recipes for joy. No matter the outcome, this isn't our home. We have an eternity of joy, she said. My favorite thing she said is that uh, fulfillment, the joy we get, doesn't come from an outcome. You know, that's, I think, what happens in so many of our lives is that our joy comes from an outcome of a circumstance, whether it be a uh, relationship or it become a challenge like the, you know, she was in the College World Series. You know, that is the only joy you have going to happen because you win is the only joy you're going to have because your relationship that you want really works out or because, you know, you have different things happen that go your way. Is that where you have joy? That's where I think we get in trouble with joy. That's when we become people who are joyless is that we lose or things don't go the way we want and we say, God, why? And we wonder why God isn't doing what we wanted him to do. And that is such a source of of misery. It's such a, because this life is going to go the way it's going to go. And God is in charge of it. He's got a plan for us. And often in our failures, we find out that we're exactly where God wanted us to be. We discover through failure or when, through disappointment, even through sickness, even through tragedy, we wish those things didn't happen, but we understand that God has something bigger happening in the kingdom. I think that's great. I think, and this, we should be encouraged, by the way, that these are all young women. How old are they? They're 22. Every woman we heard there, and if you uh, want to find this video, you can find it. I put it on my uh, Twitter, Scott Furrow on Twitter. You can go there. It's there, but it's all over the place in social media. And uh, just look for Oklahoma Sooners women. I think that they're a great example to everybody in focusing on joy. We have an eternity of joy. No matter what the outcome is, we have an eternity of joy. That's a huge deal. And, you know, we got uh, we got Father's Day coming up. And, you know, one of the best gifts that you give your kid, whether you're a dad or a mom, grandparent, is that gift of joy, of them seeing that you have joy in your life, regardless of the circumstances. This is why it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the things that's important. It's because it's not just for us. It's for others. It's part of our testimony. It is meant to reflect the love of God in a world that is otherwise angry and lost. And the more you reject Christ, the more you reject the free gift of salvation and grace, the harder it is to have joy because life then is only circumstantial. All right, I got to take a break. When we come back, I'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. Some final thoughts about joy and why those things are important. And I'll take your thoughts. What's the recipe for joy? How do you keep the joy in your life? Call me now, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott with you. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. What is your recipe for joy? Looking at the gloomy days that we're having in Southern California from a weather standpoint, I know it's silly, 
But I think it gets some people down. But there's lots of other things that get people down. What is your recipe for joy? We've been talking about that and getting some of your ideas. You know, one of the the big things, and this is something that's hard to push through with joy for us so often, is we're so, uh, our, you know, our mood and our feelings are so tied around our circumstances. And getting past that is one of the biblical keys to having joy. You know, people who really have joy, I think that they do really well. And here's one of the things. You rejoice in God not in your circumstances. You rejoice, you know, when you're rejoicing in God, you rejoice in him because he's not actually subject to circumstances. He doesn't change. So if you're going through a bad time or you're going through a good time, God is the same, you know, and we've been listening to the testimony from the Oklahoma Sooners, young women who won their softball world championship, and they gave a great testimony over and over again, really remarkable about that they did that. Of course, they won, you know, and they all acknowledged, you know, that it's not about winning and losing. It's a lot easier, frankly, to say that when you win, you know. Um, but when they also acknowledge that that's not where their hope comes from. It's a team where they pray together. A lot of them are serious Christians. This is a public, uh, you know, a state school. This isn't a Christian school, uh, Oklahoma University. And uh, I think it's pretty powerful. But the hard thing is when the circumstances aren't going the way we would like, to remember that our joy is coming from the Lord, because no matter what happens, you're, se- you're secure in Christ. I think that really is something that I think it's easy to say, but I wonder sometimes how often we grab that. And I, and I say that because there is so much despair sometimes with Christian people. And sometimes it's because they're in sin. I'll tell you what, you know, people who have, who are in sin who have something else going on. It's hard to be happy when you're not penitent, when you don't repent, or when you, you don't forgive somebody who sinned against you. You know, Some of the angriest people I know, the, the most hurt people I know, are people who have been seriously hurt and hurt by somebody else, sometimes hurt by somebody else who says that they're a Christian, somebody who should not have hurt them. And they've got a lot of reason to be angry and to be hurt. But the joy that comes from the Lord comes from recognizing that your position in Christ is the same and that that hurt will one day be taken away from you because of your relationship with Christ. And part of that is you begin to forgive people who hurt you, even if they have not apologized. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I'll forgive them as soon as they apologize? Well, the thing is, is that that person should apologize if you're correct that they did something wrong. But you have to forgive them anyway. That's the hard part. It's a lot easier to forgive somebody who is penitent and who apologizes. It's harder when they won't. You know, I had a guy one time stand up in a church meeting and there was an issue going on. And he said, I will never, ever forgive that person. And I thought, you know, and I addressed it there. But I thought, you know, to say that means that you have found an exception that Jesus couldn't find. That you have found some place where Jesus... Uh, might have been on the cross saying, well, I'm not going to forgive you guys because, uh, you know, I'm going to forgive everybody except that guy over there. You know, everybody who receives Christ, who accepts his death and resurrection, you get forgiveness and grace. It's, it's not just saying it and checking a box. It's something in your heart. And that's the big deal here with joy. And I think with all kinds of Christian walk stuff, it's understanding the spiritual realities that we are not people who subscribe to simply an ideology or a teaching. 
you know, and I think sometimes that happens, right? We become religious and we like our church. I was noticing on the Twitter machine today, there's a couple of denominations that are trending and uh, meaning that people are talking about those things. And one of them's having a you know, rather public, you know, doctrinal dispute. And another one is uh, having another kind of doctrinal dispute. And it doesn't it doesn't reflect on most people who go to those churches, frankly, but it becomes part of the the public conversation and often it's out of context, although sometimes it's very much in context, the anger and the bitterness. It doesn't look too joyful sometimes. We need to be people who are known for having a joy that that doesn't seem to make any sense unless you know who Jesus is. See, and when we're not too concerned with spiritual realities, we have a hard time being faithful when things are difficult or when we don't get our way or when we disagree with people. The compelling joy that a person has is when they have it regardless of the circumstances. And that's what it should be for believers. You know, faithful people know something. If you really understand the spiritual reality of the world, and you should, if you're wondering where it's all going and all the chaos and everything, read your Bible. Just read the book of Revelation. Read what it says. You know, read where things are going. And it should, you won't understand everything in there if you just sat down and read it. There's still passages in there. We're not sure. We won't know till the time. But you're going to get the big picture. And you're going to see this spiritual reality. And you have to accept that by faith. You can't prove it. But if the spiritual reality is that the world is going to continue to collapse and empires will continue to collapse and the structures that hold society together in the sinful world will continue to collapse as they do over and over and over again in history until eventually there is such a terrible tyranny that it's controlling everybody. And then Jesus returns and he is the judge. See, if you believe that that's coming, then you understand something. You understand that people who have faith in Jesus have escaped an incredible danger, that they've been rescued and saved from a terrible future. That is such a significant thing. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, The ungodly is you, you and me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, somebody might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, if you're thinking, well, I'm too much of a sinner for Christ to die for me, you're wrong. He died for everybody who's a sinner. That's all of us. And verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if we were God's enemy, for while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? See, that's a a summary of the gospel. If you kind of want to know what the gospel is, that's it. The gospel isn't uh, you go to church every Sunday. The gospel isn't you do certain things to sort of earn the love of God. The gospel is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us that we might be saved from his wrath. That's that's it. See, God's wrath is not about God being cranky, right? God's, God's wrath, I feel like that's sometimes what it is, right? No, God's wrath and all of that stuff that's the scary stuff, it's the gospel is that God has settled uh, the injustice that is that comes with evil that he has done it in a judicial way. See, the human race deserves punishment because we've participated in evil and injustice. But Jesus Christ, while we were still sinners, took that wrath, took the condemnation, took the punishment upon himself. So that's the gospel. How does it bring joy? 
because it shows you the magnitude of the danger you're in without Christ. We're in serious trouble if we don't know that. And people say, yeah, well, I don't believe that. Well, that you can choose not to believe it. But if it's the spiritual reality, you know, what a person says about it doesn't make it true or false. You know, what I say about God, what I say about salvation, what your pastor says about God or salvation doesn't make it true or false. What your church says about salvation, you know, about Jesus, about those doesn't make it true or false. It is what it is. They're spiritual realities. And what I believe and what I believe is the root of this joy is the spiritual reality that we have been saved from a terrible fate through the death and suffering of Jesus Christ. And we have a great future once you have that, regardless of our circumstances. He died for us as we are. He paid our debt to sin. And the promise is simple, that whoever believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. And our job, really, through everything is to communicate that, to share that, and to share that, as we read before, even with our enemies, even with those who persecute us, even with people we like or don't like. It's for everybody. And, you know, everybody has to repent. You know, it isn't just, you know, there's nothing in the Scripture that says, you know, that uh, everybody's position in something is right before God. It isn't. Part of coming to Jesus is the simple acknowledgement that He is correct and we have been wrong. And to acknowledge there might be things I'm wrong about that I think I'm right about. But at the end of the day, it's whatever God says. That's the reality. And what He says is that we stand in grace, unmerited favor. That is salvation. See, if you've got that, then you've got joy. You've got it on a gloomy day. You've got it when somebody isn't nice to you. You've got it when you haven't been nice to somebody and you need to repent. You've got it at any circumstance. It's God in his great mercy that gave us new birth into a living hope, Peter says, through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Over and over again, the Bible tells us this. This is the gospel. It's very simple. It's something that is available to all who believe. And our job is to do this. And joy comes from having that genuine faith. It's never going to come from religion, by the way. You'll never have joy just by going to church or doing religious things. You should do religious things. There's great practices. They help you. But your joy is going to come from actually having faith in God. That matters a lot. You know, Father's Day is coming up, and it's you know something I think one of the greatest things you can do for your kids, true for you if, you, if you're a mom or grandparent, one of the greatest things you can do is be faithful to not be religious just for happiness sake, but actually be faithful, you know, be faithful in prayer and going to church, Bible study, those things, but be faithful in how you approach life. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's what God wants you to do. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with hour two. We'll talk about the news and, um, you know, some things that are going to go on tomorrow. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.